What's up, ladies and gentlemen? You are watching another episode of Picking Corners, a box lacrosse channel podcast. My name is Tucker. Excuse me. My name is Cami Mack, filling in for a fallen brother in <laughs> lacrosse, uh, Tucker LaBelle. Um, he's out sick. Um, we just recently poured one out for the homie. Hopefully he's doing better. Um, but in his place, we do have a very special guest, uh, Matt Graham, one of the owners of the Chicago Portagers, Iowa Dogfish, and Madison Milkman, who will be giving some great commentary, um, answering some of our questions, and acting as our uh, first interviewees. So, Matt, great to have you here. Uh, how are you feeling being on your first episode of Pink Corners? Well, super excited to be here. It's great to... Uh finally meet you guys <laughs> yeah it's i don't think we've ever met in person before so it's really <laughs> great to uh put a name to the face um and always as always we have our boy garrett here as well garrett uh what's new with you what's going on in your world oh uh, you know not much shout out to lyle thompson for uh sending me one of these really really nice wooden sticks you know one of 50 i got number uh a tag here number 40 that's authentic, everybody. Number 40 out of 50. Can't get this anywhere. So else. did he send that to you personally? Yeah, it was the box was a handwritten address on it and everything. And he said, uh, here you go, bro. It's weird that he had 39 other people that he thought of before you. I mean, um, I'm not gonna complain, but at least I'm I'm just glad I made the list, you know. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Some, somewhere in there. But yeah, um, I'm, that was that was that was. Does, how does it throw? Does it? I mean, oh, are no, you going to be? Yeah, are you gonna I'm using that in your it. next box game, or yep. what's going I'm on? Use it, whoever. Um, let me on the other end of this. Uh, one of these cross checks is going to really feel it because <laughs> <laughs> there is there is no flex. It is all wood. So, but it'll I'm be. I'm not uh, sure they will let you on the floor with that. Um, I think it could be considered a weapon at this point. Um, yeah, but, be a really quick shift right on and off. Right. Uh, I mean, it's not going to break, so that's good. I'm not sure if there's a warranty on that. You you take that up with Lyle himself? Or... Yeah, I think I was kind of DM him. I'll talk about that. We'll Looks pretty out. nice on your wall back there. Yeah, we'll, we'll work we'll work it out with the uh, with the trees and everything. If I get it broken, we'll see how quickly I can get another one made. Cool, uh, Matt. What's going on with you? What what have things looked like? Uh, you know, as a, a semi pro uh, owner in the last you know couple weeks here. Oh man, we are just getting ready for the season to begin here in June, July. Lots of work to be done, lots of foundational things to get in place, but super excited. And I think it's going to be a great season for all of our teams. Yeah, I mean, I know that you were a first-time owner last year, right? Um, and then somehow you decided one team wasn't enough. So this year uh, you're taking not on one team, two teams, but three teams. Um that sounds a little crazy to me, all the power to you, but uh, have things been a little bit more stressful trying to juggle uh, three teams as compared to one last year? Well, I have a very detailed plan for world domination, so this just kind of fits into the whole the whole aspect of that. Um, but no, yeah, it has been good. It has been busy, but luckily there's a lot of economies of scale that you can leverage to make life a little bit easier, and it'll be really good to actually bring all of these three teams together and I think there's a lot of fun things we can do by leveraging um, a bigger community. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's really exciting to have you on here, especially with some of the topics we're going to touch on. Um, we'll definitely get to that interview portion a little bit later on the show. Um, but 
Honestly, I kind of want to just jump in. So we've got some really hot topics to touch on today. Um, first being one of our, our recurring topics. Um, not sure if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but apparently the PBLA is back. Um, I'm not sure, Matt, if you've been following along. Um, Garrett has definitely been along for the ride in terms of uh, the journey that is the PBLA going from a brand new league, kicking things off, um, having a little bit of a rough start. Things were looking pretty good, right? Starting to polish things up a little bit, um, make some some better decisions, take you know feedback into account, um, and then you know all of a sudden they come out and they say, "Hey, season's over. We're ceasing operations. Um, you know we're going to have to postpone." Actually, is the word that they were trying to use, um, and we were pretty worried about the future of the PBLA. Things weren't looking great. We come out with the emergency podcast. We give our thoughts on things, um, and shortly after that, we get you know, some, some feedback, uh, from the PBLA saying, Hey, we're back, right. We're coming back at you with, with the same product, a better product. And this is what it's going to look like. Um, so from some of the research that I've done, um, it looks like the PBLA is going to be uh, more of a tournament invitational style, um, product going forward here. Um, one of those happening in Elmira, it looks like, from um, Steve Donner himself uh, saying that the the first date that the PBLA will be back uh, is going to be the 25th. And it's going to be a challenge series that consists of four teams competing, the Renegades, the Bombers, the Spark, and the All-Americans. Um, and it looks like it's going to be four consecutive weekends of doubleheaders um, with a fifth weekend of playoffs to determine the challenge series winner. Um, so, Pretty interesting to just shift their business model, their, uh, you know, just lacrosse model in general, right? Going from having games um, all across the country to inviting teams uh, in a single weekend to play multiple games. Um, any thoughts on that, guys? What, what are we thinking on that shift there? This is a, uh, a really interesting move by this league. Um, like you said, to go from traveling around, games all around, to all of a sudden now you have a we might as well call it, yeah, it's a monster truck style game that's about to happen over these next, you know, couple of weeks, four weekends or whatever it is. Um, I'd like to see how it goes. I'm not, I'm, you know, you all of a sudden like press pause, start refunding tickets, and then you're like, hey, psych, we're actually back. So go buy those tickets again. And this time, come fly out and see what we got going on. Um, I do want to see what happened to the other teams that they cut out of that. Are those players just done? Are they going to come and start combining teams? What's going to happen to those guys? Cause like granted those four teams are in there, like kind of their bigger teams, but that's kind of, you know, kind of sucky to see that, you know, some just kind of go by the wayside. Um, you know, we, we like the players, we like the PBLA, you know, we always like a, a little pro league to happen, but uh, I don't know. It just seems, seems a little odd to press pause and press play and be like, Hey, we're back and we're doing something like once and hopefully it works again. Yeah. It's wild that they come out with uh, four teams for the invitational. It's almost like we said, maybe they should have started smaller and only yeah. had four to six teams to begin with. But um, to kind of go back and answer your question about what are these other players going to do? Are they, you know, filling up the Gatorade bottles? Are they jumping in as part-time refs? You know, what is this going to look like? Um, apparently they will be offering um, some opportunities for players from other teams to um, have some sort of piece of the pie, whether that is join another team. Um, I'm not really sure what that looks like, but in their statement, they did allude to the fact that 
Um, the players and coaches are going to work together with organizers um, to also host some players from other teams that are interested in participating in the Invitational, right? So um, that tournament might be uh, scheduled for March. They're not really sure what that's going to look like, um, but they're hoping to come out with a more formal announcement in another week or so. Uh, so I guess they're saying, hey, hold on to your hopes of being a pro player because, <laughs> you know, we still obviously need your support. Um, but I don't know if there's a whole lot of weight uh, to be had there in terms of am I actually going to be able to get back on the floor and, and play as a professional player. So I'm not sure. Honestly, Matt, I'm curious what your thoughts are on the whole professionalism of this, right? Because being, you know, a semi-pro team or in the semi-pro league, it looks a lot different across the country, across different leagues, right? But one thing that I know that you try to do is create a professional atmosphere and a professional product, you know, no matter what, taking the semi out of semi-pro, right? So what does it mean or what do you think, you know, of this kind of approach where they're stating that they're a super professional league, they're going to rival the NLL, and then they do things like this where they, you know, can't actually run a full season. Now they're, you know, doing tournament-style play and having to adjust everything. You know, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, great question. So it's definitely hard when your funding dries up, and I will say kudos to them for uh, doing the right thing here and attempting to get these players back out on the field and get some fans out and uh, creating some playing opportunities for for their staff, for their players, et cetera. Um, yeah, it's it's a tough space to be in. Like I can tell you it's not cheap to uh, put on a, a game, uh, especially when you have to pay players. You've got facilities costs, you've got referees, you've got insurance, you've got equipment, all of that stuff adds up real quick. So you do need a pretty sizable source of funding secured. I'm actually really shocked that halfway through the season, that source of funding pulled out. Usually you would have that locked in and, you know, contractually secured in some way. So that part is, uh, it's pretty surprising to me, but yeah, um, it's, it's challenging when there's an 800 pound gorilla in the room and you're coming in as a, a David trying to take down that Goliath, right? Um, the NLL has existed for a really long time. They have well-established teams. They have the right partnerships in place uh, with broadcasting rights. They've got great attendance. They've got great fan support. So to come in as a young upstart and try and displace that is is challenging. Um, you know, from my perspective, there's a lot of potential in lacrosse. It's unleashing that potential that is key. And you have to do it in the right way. That's why I think that what we're doing in the semi-pro space is the right approach because we're really taking a community-driven um, approach to growing the game, right? We're not, um, we're not coming in full force. We're not coming in saying we're here now. Um, we're trying to grow it organically and bring in a lot of uh, people who maybe don't have experience with lacrosse and sort of bring them into the fold and see how that, uh, how that impacts the game. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm, you know, we do have some other topics to get to and I don't want to continue to take up all our time with the PBLA, although it is entertaining to say the least. Uh, but, you know, I'm, I'm just curious how things are going to play out. Um, especially, you know, you think that a lot of these moves are probably cost-effective, right? They're trying to save money, but also be able to make money at the same time and put out a decent product. And, you know, maybe if they did this from the start and they cut those costs, you know, like travel, 
um, like not paying all the players in the same weekend, you know, using the same facility, right? So you're not paying for multiple stadiums across the country. You're just paying for that one stadium and everyone's using it, you know, that weekend, right? Um, it's a good strategy when you're trying to save money, but is it a good strategy when you're already in debt and you already have a ton of bills that you haven't paid? I, I'm just curious to see how that looks um, because if you were to save those costs before, you could pay for those players' flights, right? You could you could pay for the hotel for a night or two, right? But now that they're already starting in the red, you know, are players having to invest a lot more of their own money that they already were doing because the league took the wrong steps in the first place to kind of get things kicked off? I'm not sure. And it's it's really interesting to see how it's going to play out. We're obviously going to continue to report on it and and, you know, highlight what's going on. And we hope it works out for everybody. Um, but I think the future of the PBLA, PBLA is still definitely up in the air. Uh, to kind of switch gears here, uh, I know, Garrett, you wanted to talk a little bit about the NLL, what's going on there. Uh, what, do you, what do you got for us in terms of um, an actual pro product? <laughs> an actual pro product for a new team, the Vegas Desert Dogs are finally winning. It's been so- a long time coming, but... They beat, um, back on, what was it, in January? Yeah, they beat the uh, Vancouver Warriors, actually by one point, 15-14, pretty good game. The last game they won was like over in February. They beat the Colorado Mammoth, actually, 13-8. to um, I believe they started that game down, actually, and they went on a run, and they were just they were unstoppable. So um, their next game is actually this upcoming weekend where they play the Albany Firewolves. So I'm excited to see how they um, – bring on this momentum and keep it going but it's good to see the uh the new kid on the block start to try to get some momentum get the uh the kind of uh the gel going with the guys and start to really make some wins out here yeah absolutely. i hear you're headed I mean, to vegas okay. <laughs> i am headed to vegas i know and you know what i'm really disappointed because the desert dogs have an away game on the 18th yes and then they have a home game on the 24th but i'm leaving the 21st so honestly I'm a little upset that it didn't work out. Um, I've never been to an NLL game. I'm in Chicago. There's not really many options around here, um, you know, besides obviously going to a Porter Jersey game. But uh, I still think that I'm going to stop by uh, the Michelob Arena. Um, it's in the Mandalay Bay. That's where my parents are staying. So I'm hoping to check it out. Um, honestly, I'm not sure what to expect either, right? Because you expect – you know, from an NBA team, from an NHL team, uh, from an NFL team, right? If you go to their stadium or, you know, their loca- their city, whatnot, there's going to be merch, right? There's going to be a team store where you can go, you can buy things. I'm not sure what to expect. Do I walk into Mandalay Bay and, you know, in the gift shop next to the playing cards and the dice, they also have uh, a Desert Dogs jersey? Like, I'm not, I'm not sure what that's going to look like um, or if there's even going to be anything to offer, um, you know, to that point at all, right? But Either way, I'm excited. I do want to try to check it out. Um, maybe I can talk them into giving me some some privileges because I am, uh, you know, big journalism, right? Hey, you know, uh, look, press press passes go a long way. You know, you never. I'm start. not sure if they've heard of the the box across channel, but if they haven't, hey, they, they're about they to. What's actually interesting <laughs> coming in March, the Desert Dogs and the San Diego Seals will be playing at Snapdragon Stadium, um, which quote me someone in the comments comment if i'm wrong but i'm pretty sure this is the first outdoor nll game in history um so this will be pretty it's pretty big um hopefully it's not too hot i know that gear gets hot i hate it but hey hope there's a nice hope there's a nice breeze out there in san, uh, san diego but this will be on saturday march 4th at snapdragon stadium so turn on your tvs catch on espn plus 
and um, be sure to watch the Desert Dogs win. Oh, so cool. I mean, I really wish that I could make it to that game. Unfortunately, yeah. it is the start of the spring season, um, you know, for pretty much everyone across the country in terms of high school lacrosse. Uh, so I have a lot of that going on. Although I might have heard from a little birdie that the owner of the Box Across channel might be flying us out there for the game. Matt, do you have anything to say about something, something that you might have heard like through the grapevine about that? Which birdies are you talking to? They're feeding you lies. Oh, wow. <laughs> Way to let us down easy. Uh, wow. All right. Well, there's a show, folks. I guess he says maybe next year. Um, <laughs> no, but that's that's really awesome. And, I mean, how could – even if you don't know what Box Across is, you're not a huge fan, right, you're not in the community, I mean, having an event like that happen in, in your city, especially a really cool place like San Diego um, – I feel like I would want to go to something like that. I mean, I could kind of almost relate it to, um, I live in downtown Chicago, right, right by Grant Park. Um, and one of the things that they're doing is they're actually going to have a NASCAR race in the streets of Chicago this yes. summer. I'm not a NASCAR fan. I actually just got into uh, car racing um, after, uh, I think, maybe it was last year I got into it by watching uh, Drive to Survive, the Formula One Netflix show. Um, and that was like my first time getting into motorsports. Um, but I would not say that I'm a NASCAR fan by any means, but if you're going to put a sweet event, like right next to where I live, yeah, I'm going to check it out. Like uh, they got the chain smokers coming. They got Miranda Lambert coming like, hell yeah. Like I, that sounds awesome. I want to go have fun and, and experience something new that I've never seen or, or been a part of before. So, you know, I'm not saying that the NLL is going to bring out the chain smokers or, you know some some huge artists by any means but why not give it a shot and go to something that's local in my community that's you know going to be a pretty cool event um so i'm hoping that it gets a lot of, a lot of draw um from not only lacrosse fans but non-traditional lacrosse fans too with that being said there is one last topic that we want to touch on before we get to the interview portion um and this is going to be a little bit heavier segment here for us um you know that Part of this podcast, if you have you know, previously watched or joined us in the past, um, we do like to report on a ton of great things that are happening in the community, but we also like to touch on things that uh, need a voice, right? Things that um, you know, come across our desks that are tough topics to talk about, but need to be represented and need to uh, be reported on. Um, and unfortunately, we had one of those events happen recently. I think it was just in the, the last weekend, um, there's a team in Mississippi, um, high school team, right? Their coach felt uh, strongly enough to post on his Instagram and it be shared in other lacrosse outlets as well and other, other media outlets. Um, and I'll, I'll give you a little background um, from the post here. I'm not going to read the whole thing. It is, you know, three pages, but I'll, I'll give you some of the highlights here. Um, if you follow the account washed up lax bros, definitely not a great handle for me to say and something a little bit more professional here, but uh, you can go there and check it out and, and get the whole story. But basically there's this coach, um, you know, he's coaching his team, really diverse team, right. Being in Mississippi, um, you know, you see a lot of diversity and that's great. That's good things we want to hear, right. We want to make sure that we're, we're growing the game and giving everybody an opportunity to be a part of it. Um, but unfortunately they had their first game of the season. They were hosting a team uh, from about an hour away. Um, and they had somebody um, 
at the game from the visiting team um, sitting behind their bench, basically using racial slurs um, directed at their players, which is, I mean, unacceptable in any setting, let alone a high school lacrosse game where you've got children on the field who are just trying to play a sport, have fun with their friends, be part of something. Um, and I don't know. What do you guys think about that? I mean, we know obviously that there's no um, place for, for racism, for, um, you know, exclusion, you know, as part of our lacrosse community, but what are your first reactions to hearing something like that? Um, unfortunately not. Uh, like you said, it's not the first time this has happened. Um, it sucks. I'm not saying it sucks. It's actually, it's terrible. Every time something like this does happen, um, especially, coming for a, a high school usually we're used to hearing about this with uh with colleges nothing you know being that all oh, this college team is playing here but to having at such a younger age it being high school is a little bit more um is different because now you have these these parents are coming to this game just for the fact of we're, we're not saying just for the fact of you're coming to this game where kids are playing with their friends with their teammates we talked about this earlier also cam like you were saying they're having fun and you come in here using racial slurs towards the team. They're they're not part of this. They're here to have fun. They're here to play a game they know and love. And they're trying to learn and grow in this game. That's detrimental not only to the sport, but to a player and to a player's mindset. Um, what what do you think? Like, oh, we're in my I'm in my own state, and I can't even go to the town over without somebody calling me the N word just for playing a game that I like. That's not that's a terrible feeling. It's not all oh, I got to go across the country for those. No, they're, they're down the street. It's still, it's extremely unacceptable. Yeah. Um, and it specifically says that the parents are the ones that were, were saying those things. Right. And never would it be even okay for, for kids to say those things. You know, I think that there's a little level, there's a, a somewhat of a level of leniency. Uh, you know, you obviously condemn those things, but you know, if you hear it from a kid, it's, it's certainly surprising, but it's something that you're like, you know, hopefully it's just a phase. Hopefully it's something, you know, it's their environment, the way they're raised, you know, they can overcome those things. When you hear that it's a parent saying that to another person, let alone saying that to a child, a child. I mean, yeah. I, I just, I, I, I'm flabbergasted. I, I, I don't understand why people think that that's still acceptable. And if you do, stop watching my podcast because I, I, there's no room for that on um, for my high school team and my community and this lacrosse community as a whole in sports in general, as human beings, there's just, that is unacceptable. And if you think that's okay, I'm sorry. I don't want to talk to you. So yeah, like there's, there's no room in the sport. Um, there's no room in this, there, there's no room in the sport for that. There's room anywhere for it, but we're definitely not going to, we're not tolerating it. So not here on the podcast, on the channel, in the sport, we're not, it's not tolerated at all. Yeah. And Matt, being part of, you know, the LGBTQ community, I'm curious what your thoughts are on what you've witnessed from being part of the sports community. And then also, you know, in your own personal life, work environments, you know, are, are these, are these, I guess, Big, is, is bigotry still, you know, a huge thing that you witness yourself? Um, is, is, is this shocking to you or is this kind of just another day? You know, I, I'm curious what your thoughts are on that. Yeah, I, I think that this is particularly um, sort of appalling and particularly shameful as well, because 
in my experience, you know, sports are supposed to bring out the best of you, right? They're supposed to be about building community and pushing yourself further and uh, building yourself up, building your teammates up, uh, striving to reach that next great thing, really pushing yourself, right? So when something like this happens and it does nothing but sow division and uh, work to break down individuals and teammates and teams, it's, it's doubly hurtful. Um, you know, in my personal experience as a gay man who does play sports, um, it's nice because here in Chicago, we have an LGBT league that has lots of different gay oriented sports. Um, for me in particular, I'm, I'm a soccer player, not really a lacrosse player, but, uh, we do have an LGBT soccer, uh, soccer league, um, in Chicago. And there's actually a number of them across the country and, the the change that I see in those people who participate, like even if you've never played a sport before, you come into this team um, and you play and you meet friends and maybe on some days you have some really good plays, you do really well. And I really see that change in how it builds people up and gives people self-confidence and that place of belonging, like, um, like they have a crew, right? Like they... Um, they've they found some meaning in the sport that they're playing. And so when you have something like this, that is um, completely antithetical to that, it, it hurts me on a personal level because I know for me personally, um, I've been in that spot where uh, the, to the sports I've played, I've, I've gained self-confidence, I've gained self-worth, all of these other really positive things. And then this is just a sucker punch to all of that. So it's, it's pretty infuriating. Absolutely. And, and why don't I hear more about the positive things, right? I mean, that is so cool that there's a, a specific league out there for people to feel included and to feel comfortable in their own skin and to feel like they're part of, you know, um, a community that is there for them, that has their back, that's going through the same things as them, right? And and I want to hear more about that. But unfortunately, it's it's, you know, overshadowed and shrouded by the fact that you have these intense um just disgusting acts of bigotry and whatnot happening still in this day and age i mean it's shocking to me and you know one of the things that i wanted to touch on and we'll definitely uh you know move on after this and, and get to the interview portion here um was that if you read through his his message um you know, again, I applaud him for posting it. I, I think that that's at least the first step, right, is getting it out there, kind of like Garrett said, you know, calling these people out and making sure that it just doesn't go under the rug. Uh, like, it probably does still all the time. Um, but the way that it reads, a lot of it has to do with the fact that he's upset with himself and pretty shameful with himself for the fact that he didn't do much to combat it in the moment. And I know that it's tough, right? I know that it's it's hard to to have an outside perspective and be like, why didn't you do anything? Why didn't you, you know, call that parent out? Why didn't you talk to the coach? Why didn't you stop the game, right? But at the same time, you know, one of the things that really stuck with me from our uh, previous episode about diversity and inclusion and things like that was Tucker said that we can't just teach our kids about the good things that happen in the lacrosse community. Because if we do that, then they're only going to expect that. And when things happen like this, they're not going to be prepared. And it also doesn't show them, you know, what it looks like 
for someone to do something that's out of line or, or to be on the wrong side of, of the fight. Right. And the fact that the coach decided, you know, not to do anything and not to stop the game. Again, I know it's a tough position, but we need to be stronger in those situations. I, I personally think that if that were to happen to me, that I would at least go over to the other coach and say, this is unacceptable. This needs to stop before we proceed with this game. Um, because at the end of the day, you're there to provide a safe environment for those kids. Uh, and you're failing to do that if you're being passive. So I know it was a kind of intense conversation there. Um, but Matt, are you ready for us to get to your, your interview here? Let's do it. Awesome. Well, yeah, let's go ahead and get into that interview portion. Um, actually, really quick, I totally forgot. I'm wearing my Every Child Matters shirt from the NFL. Love it. There it is. Um, so I think if it's important enough to put it on a shirt, that it's important enough to actually put into practice. So let's make sure that we're looking out for our kids here. Um, Matt, thanks for joining us. You made it through the podcast this long, this far. How are we feeling? Uh, I think it's going really well. I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> you seem like a natural so far, um, but I'm curious to see how you navigate through our, our hard-hitting questions here. Garrett, you want to you want to kick us off with uh, one of your questions for Matt here? Yes, Matt. Now, being that you started out with the Chicago Portagers, you get on the block, you kicked the outlaws out, you said, no, we're Chicago's team now. Peace! And... I don't no, know if it you, quite went down like that. I don't know. From what it looks like, <laughs> that's what it looked like. But, hey. We're not here okay. to make any, any it's enemies. It's okay. Allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. It's hard to have enemies when they don't exist. But. Yeah, you know. Hey. You know? It, get, it gets lonely at the top, but it's all right, man. You're <laughs> out there now. Now, the reason, one question I wanted to ask, with there being so many box lacrosse leagues, why did you choose what was it? The Great Plains Box Lacrosse League, or now the BLL versus the um, was the large one, the NABLL. Why did you choose this specific one to say, "Hey, Portage is going to go here" versus in another league? A great question because uh, my co-owner Al told me to. Okay. <laughs> now, do you do uh, everything that your co-owner Al tells you to do? Uh, ask him. <laughs> <laughs> We love deflections on this show. Is he standing by in, in front of the screen? Right. With cards? Now, the, what do you what are your script thoughts? cue cards? Yeah, stick to the script. <laughs> he might be just over here. Uh, no, so essentially, um, we knew that we wanted certain things, right? It's, it's, playing in a semi-pro league is tough, and it's especially tough on the players because, unfortunately, we can't pay you. And um, we want to make sure that we are um, – respectful of your time of your of your money and all that good stuff so we wanted competition that was close by but still decent so uh by joining the at the time gp bll we were able to uh play against the milkmen and the milwaukee muskies the madison milkmen and milwaukee muskies and originally um the chicago outlaws they were an original part of the of the conference and then kind of had to fold at the last minute which threw a wrench in things um but the the general idea was we wanted to minimize disruption to our players. Interesting. Okay, that's actually really really smart. Okay. Wow. Care about you guys. Care about you guys. Man, it's almost like you should have ran the uh, another league. We talked about a lot. But next question for this. Um, so going forward, you now own basically half the Midwest. 
Um, so now you're known as Midwest Matt. What are your vision going forward for all of these teams? Are you going to be your oh, own man. league? Are you going to be your own conference? What does that look like? Midwest Matt beats my old nickname. Um, <laughs> so, yes, uh, the we're basically laser focused on growing the game. And for us, that takes a lot of forms, right? Um, in my experience as someone who is not a lacrosse player, I've played all 15 minutes of lacrosse. Um, I, I kind of consider myself an outsider here. And it's interesting as an outsider, um, seeing what the lacrosse community is all about. Um, in my own experience, once you get a taste of lacrosse, it's really easy to get hooked. And so we need to replicate that uh, for people who are also like me, right? Who are not lacrosse people. But uh, Cammy, you actually said it very succinctly uh, earlier where um, there is a NASCAR race going on in Chicago. You are not a NASCAR person, but oh, they have the chain smokers. So I'm going to go check that out and also catch a NASCAR game. Um, so we want to focus on growing the game by bringing in more fans, creating more community support for the game, but also putting more sticks in hands. I know for the Portagers, um, we have our senior A men's box team, but we also have other teams. We have our uh, field team that plays in ULAX. We have our new paddles program uh, for adults who are like me, essentially, um, 18 plus who didn't have the opportunity to grow up with lacrosse, but still want to have the opportunity to play as an, as an older individual. Um, so super excited to get that program off the ground and just for the, the milkmen and the dogfish as well, continuing to grow the games in central Wisconsin and Eastern Iowa, bring in more fans, create more community support, put more sticks in hand, do everything we can to, to expand the game. And um, going back to what we touched on way earlier, the difference between the PBLA really and uh, the semi-pro space is we want to create that um, grassroots groundswell of support around the game and have people realize, oh, lacrosse is fun. Like, I should go to a game. I should play. I should get involved somehow. Um, so continuing to just bring more and more people into that community. It's it's interesting you bring up those points um, because one of my questions for Mr. Midwest um, is being someone that is originally outside of the lacrosse community, right? You know, Garrett and I have been part of it for a long time now. Um, a lot of people that we talk to have been part of it, know what lacrosse is, right? I'm really curious from your perspective, what your thoughts were before learning more about the lacrosse community. You know, did you have certain expectations? Did you, you know, see certain stereotypes? What did that look like? And what what surprised you or what what's different from now being, you know, a year into uh, a you know semi-pro box across owner. Yeah. So the reason I got introduced to lacrosse, I guess, is because where I play soccer is right next to where the lacrosse fields are. So I go and play my games and see these guys tossing the ball around. It's like, oh, that looks kind of interesting. So I'd go and watch a game or two and not really understand what's going on. And as an outsider. Um, I mean, I'm guilty of this. It was very easy for me to stereotype all of those guys as being um, elitist and closed off and all of those other things that a lot of times lacrosse players do get stereotyped as. But then once I kind of broke through that barrier and started actually talking to some of these players, just the nicest guys in the world, right? Um, and one of the things that really, really stands out to me as somebody who did not grow up with lacrosse is not really 
um, an insider in the lacrosse community in a lot of ways is there is this white hot burning passion among people in this community for this sport. And I think what we really need to focus on is how do we let that ball of lightning loose, right? It, it's great that there's so much passion and intensity um, for the game in this community. We just need to share that with people at large, right? Um, so that's where that's where my head is focused. Like, how do we how do we share this thing that we all love with a much larger community? Um, so, yeah, just freeing up those freeing up that um, that passion, that love for the game to to people who have never experienced it before, so that they can feel the same way that I'm sure you guys feel. Absolutely, and I I have to you know, believe that the box lacrosse channel is a part of that, right? I mean, being able to to spread uh, the game to, you know, not only people in your local community, right, with Chicago, Madison, Milwaukee, those markets, but also being able to reach people all across the country and I, I guess technically the globe, right? I mean, being able to give people in non-traditional markets an outlet to come and, you know, learn more about what lacrosse is and and less about you know the stereotypes that come with it so I think it's really cool I, I totally respect what you're doing um if anything it's it's given me the ability to be even more passionate about something that I love and discover a side of myself that I didn't really know was there um and now I'm lacrosse 24 7 uh which not isn't always the best thing, but um, I, I'm loving it nonetheless. So um, I appreciate everything you've been doing and, and giving us a platform and also uh, giving others the opportunity to, to feel like they have somewhere where they can go and feel belong, feel like they belong. Yeah. So I, I think that's, um, that's one of the things about this sort of thing is it really builds on itself where if you're really passionate about something and you're given these opportunities, that passion kind of increases exponentially. And uh, kind of going back to the box across channel, on how that component fits in. I always say that the Portager's biggest fan might be a 16 year old girl living in Tokyo, right? Um, how do we reach her? She's never gonna come to a game, uh, but we still want her to feel involved in the community and uh, give her something to get excited about. So how can, we, how can we share all the really cool, awesome things that the Portager's team is doing with that greater community, wherever they are. Like we want to reach any fan, anytime, anywhere on any device. So um, that's how this, this, the box lacrosse channel uh, aspect fits into the kind of overall scheme of things. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, one thing that I've definitely learned over, um, you know, just the course of this experience in the last year and a half or so, um, I guess it hasn't even really been a full year yet, but um is that there's not a ton of casual lacrosse fans. So really a lot of people that you talk to are already super passionate about it. And, you know, I think what you're doing and giving them a platform to spread that passion is something that's only going to continue to grow. And, you know, I think that lacrosse has a potential to be one of the top sports in not only America, but in the world. And, you know, hopefully we're, we're part of that journey. So. Absolutely. And I think it, um, touches on the conversation we just had about racism in the sport, right? Like one reason why people love sports is for that sense of belonging, that sense of community. Um, you might be a Bears fan because you love going to the games and being around people who also are super passionate about that sort of thing. And it's just, it's fun to be around those people. It's fun to be a part of that community. It's fun to feel like you belong in that space. 
And so when you have somebody yelling things at you that um, make you feel like you don't belong there, that you're not part of that community, that that space isn't for you, um, that just, it cuts deeply. And it's, as I said, completely antithetical to the, the values of the sport. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, I don't think we're perfect here at the Box Across channel, but I like to think that we're doing most most things right. Um, and I, I hope that this only continues to, to take off. And, you know, we're having conversations with people down the road that are really making a big difference. Um, and I'm hoping that this is just the beginning. So appreciate you coming on, Matt, and taking the time with us uh, to be a part of the show. Um, Garrett, you got any closer course before we wrap things up here? Yeah, just uh, Matt, we love what you're doing. Um, you and Al have uh, created a very well-run professional product that gives us an opportunity to, um, like you said, to display lacrosse year-round, really, and feel like that we're part of something bigger than just, you know, some guys getting together to just play some other guys getting together from another state. We actually feel like we're part of a, a serious team here. Um, and then the way you guys are carrying yourself professionally, moving professionally, and uh, it makes a difference. Um, not only from being part of the game, um, but from the outlet, outside looking in, it definitely makes a difference. And the way you're doing it is, uh, you know, hats off to you guys. I appreciate that. Um, do we need to terminate Tucker's contract? I don't, know. I don't think so. We'll give, him, we'll, give him, we'll give him a chance to make it up. We'll see what's going on. The sick stuff ain't going to cut it anymore. I mean, I, all I have to say is, Tucker, thanks for watching. Um, we'll, we'll catch up with you in a couple of weeks, I guess. Yeah. But um, for all of us here on the Box Across channel, Matt, Garrett, Cammy, Mac, signing off on another great episode of Picking Corners. We appreciate you taking the time to stick with us, and we'll see you again soon.